Welcome to the podcast entitled Last Ones at the Bar. This is the one-stop shop for all your boxing needs. My name is Wilton Henry. I'm accompanied by Daniel Lee, Lavelle Jackson. And this week, we got our end of the year extravaganza. We're going to give out our Last Ones at the Bar Boxing Awards. This is our year-end event. So um, we have, I want to say about 10 or 11 different categories. I'm not sure, but um, this should be a fun one. Fellas, as we enter into the end of 2021, going into 2022, hopefully your 2022 is as prosperous or even um, more prosperous, you know, in the year to come. But my question that I have for you as it relates to boxing is, are there any events or any boxing matches that you are looking forward to in this upcoming year? Hmm. Uh, it's a few that that's possible, like the Alexander Usyk versus Tyson Fury. That matchup was possible, which I think would be interesting to watch. And uh, of course, you have the the uh, Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford uh, extravaganza that you know it's it's possibly could happen by the end of the year. Um, one of the fights that that I, I thought I think would be interesting, not likely. Well, I'll be interested to watch, you know, because they don't have, you know, reason to fight each other. But they're in the weight, same weight class and at the same stage in their career is, uh, I believe, it's Eric Morrell versus Eric Morrell versus uh, Edgar Berlinga. I think that'll be an interesting matchup when you look at, you know, two young guns on the way up. Uh, don't have any reason to fight each other, but they're they're monsters and they they're both undefeated, you know. Hey, I say, hey, as a boxing fan, I'm just speaking as a boxing fan, not as a business fan. It'll be, it'll be, it's something that that'll be an interesting matchup. Me personally, I do hope that um, somehow Shakur gets that fight with Oscar Valdez. That would be a real good one. Um, hope we can shake some things up at light heavy, whether you know, better be a fights Bivol or whether um, you know. David Benavidez moves up and makes some noise or whatever. I, I, I would just want to see something get unified in that division. And, yeah, I think you had a good list, Bill. Um, I would also add the Haney Camp Bosa's. It would be cool to see just like a undisputed, like an actual undisputed champ. And then the fights that are made, you know, after that. Yeah, that would be good. And let me correct myself. I meant David Morrell. David Morrell who fights at uh, 168 along with Edgar Berlinga. Uh, yeah, that's the fight I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. It, it, that'd be some um, nice fights to see. You know, I put together something on YouTube, so I'm not going to, you know, go on about my list. But I think what you fellas mentioned, that'd be great, you know, to continue the momentum from 2021 going into 2022. Now, let's go ahead and start off talking about the awards for this year. We're going to kick off this year's last ones at the bar, end of the year awards ceremony with the trainer of the year who do you guys think was the trainer of 2021 when i look at it um one name just sticks out more than the other even even if i have like criticism possible criticism against them it's just one guy just i mean you if you if you if you're not successful with this trainer then that's more of a a personal issue with you and that person is Eddie Reynoso. Um, we saw him lead uh, Canelo Alvarez through uh, three fights this year. Um, 
and two of them were were, were, were pretty impressive victories. And, and I'm talking about over Callum Smith when Canelo beat Callum Smith, and also um, Caleb Plant. But then he also uh, led Oscar Valdez um, over one of his his biggest victories over Miguel Perchel. And I thought that was very impressive. And and um, but shout out to to some of the other guys that you know they out there. I see them. Which uh, of course you got Ben Davison who's doing a great job with Josh Taylor, and you have uh, Javon Sugar Hill uh, Stewart who's doing a um, great job with Tyson Fury and, and led him to a great win over um, Deontay Wilder. But when I look at Eddie Reynoso, it's just, I mean, volume. He kept his his, his guys busy. You know, he, he'd been busy. He'd been, you know, successful at it. So uh, that's my pick, Eddie Reynoso. Yeah, for me, I think it's, uh, I would say by far, you know, you mentioned, you know, the work that he's been doing with his pride pupil and Canelo Alvarez, those three victories. Um, he started the year off strong. You know, he had Ryan Garcia when Ryan Garcia started off last year with the victory over Luke Campbell. You know, then you add in the fact that I don't think he lost a big fight this year. He had a couple of guys who were huge underdogs, you know, but he hasn't lost a big fight. And then also you got to factor in that he's leading one of the top prospects at heavy late when you got Frank Sanchez and he just had a, a really impressive victory over F.A. Ajaba. So my 2021 trainer of the year also goes to Eddie Reynoso. I don't know how you can really give it to anybody else, to be honest with you. I mean, you guys already said what he did, but, you know, Ryan Garcia went 1-0, Andy Ruiz went 1-0, Valdez went 2-0, um, Sanchez went 2-0, and Canelo went 3-0. You know, we have a trainer who essentially went undefeated at the elite level. Like, all of these fighters fought at the world-class level. So, you know, shout-out to the other trainers, especially the ones that you mentioned, Val, but did you guys have anything else to add to this category? No, the only thing I'm going to say is this, though. I said no, but I'm still talking, right? But, you know, when you got guys, like like you said, you mentioned Ben Davidson, and then also, you know, you could look at guys like like Usyk's trainer. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And then you also, um, George Cambosis. You know, they had some outstanding performances this year, but it's just that they were only 1-0. And, you know, like you say, you factor in all of the good work that Reynosa um, has done this year. He has to be the clear-cut winner for trainer of the year. Mm-hmm. Easily. Now, we're going to move on to our next topic. This is going to be our unsung hero, a.k.a. our underrated fighter of the year. Uh, this one could get interesting. What do you guys think of this one? Well, I looked at it like this. And this guy, he surprised me, man, you know. As far as the way I looked at him in terms of like the awards this year, because he's going to win two of the awards uh, for me. And, you know, at one point he was looked at as somebody who was like really on the downside after around 2016. I think that was the year he lost to uh, Idris uh, Kavalaskis, you know, but Recently, this past year, he scored a six-round TKO, TKO victory over Josh Taylor. And then he had a second-round destruction over Liam Taylor after, like I said, a two-year hiatus. I think the guy should be an opponent for of interest for someone like Connor Ben, or even a guy that the guy that Virgil Ortiz is going to face, uh, McKinson. 
And so my 2021 underrated unsung hero is David Avenese. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that one. Um, this one, I'll explain, I'll explain my context for this one. We're going to stay in the same division, though. This guy, I believe he only had one fight this year. He was not expected to win it. Uh, he did in a convincing fashion. Um, once he won the fight, he had he wanted to unify, and the sanctioning body was about to disrespect him by forcing him to fight basically two mandatories. And now that he is getting the unification, the fans are disappointed in the fight. And I'm talking about your Dennis Ugas. Um, the reason why I think he was underrated is, again, nobody expected him to beat Manny Pacquiao, but he did that. And then he became a WBA champion, which there's only three champions in that division. Spence has two of those belts. And he expressed his interest to unify. And initially, WBA was about to make him fight Stanionis and then I believe Butayev, if I'm not mistaken, um, which... To me, like, I don't see any other champion getting treated that way. Maybe I'm overlooking something, but that would have been a lot for him. But now that he is about to get the fight with Errol Spence, fans are disappointed that it's not Crawford and Spence, which I kind of get. But Ugas and Spence is still going to be a very good fight, and it's going to be unification. And so I thought Jordan's Ugas was deserving of this award. So I thought this question a, a little different. Um I wish I would have had more time to think about it. Uh, but the fighter I pick, he's a person who he's a he's a boxer who um he he does box on a high level. He is on a high level. He's looked at, he's highly regarded. But when you compare him, we look at him in comparison to his peers, um, to, to some of the people who have probably accomplished what he has accomplished, sometimes he, he is underrated. And I'm talking about uh, Josh Taylor, uh, even though he is the, the person who run the table at 140. And yeah, he does end up on a pound for pound list. When we look at him from a, a, a talent perspective, sometimes he doesn't, we don't look at him checking the boxes like, let's say, you know, a guy like Anui or Canelo or Crawford or Spence or any of those guys. He's just there and he's just doing what he do. And he's a dangerous guy. People look at him as being dangerous. But even then, you know, even when you discuss a fight between him and Crawford, no one says that he's really in there. It is a... Um, that's another guy, a small guy Crawford could beat. So my pick for underrated fighter for uh, the, the unsung hero is uh, Josh Taylor. You know, he, he went ahead and unified the championship. Um, he's probably the only fighter who did it this year. It, it was a time when uh, it, he wasn't, it wasn't the only fight. As we know, we had the 154-pound unification between uh, Castaño and Charlo, but there was never a, a winner crown. And Taylor is the guy who really went after that and, and, and got it for us this year. Just to confirm, when you say that, why you, you saying like in terms of who went undisputed in the division? Because Canelo did that. Just I just want to confirm. Oh, he did? Oh, okay. Because I, I thought it was one more belt that he needed to get or something like that. Or it wasn't 100%. He wasn't 100% undisputed at 168. Oh, am I? I could be wrong. Nah, he's he's hundred percent. Remember, they okay. put that list up there. He yeah. got all the belts. Okay. Well, Canelo is yeah, he is. He's he's undisputed. It's just that Josh is never really regarded as the, the type of guy like he, you don't see him in the names with the Canelos who can unify or even a Crawford who unified at 140 before him. You know, you don't see him his name in there. You just see him as 
Oh, it's Josh Taylor. He just happened to run a table at 140 until somebody else beat him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your choices, man. You know, I, to be honest with you, had we gone in a different, you know, um, order, I may have, you know, snuck, messed around and uh, took one of y'all choices. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't going <laughs> to lie. But, you know, all in all, I still, I, I like to stick with my pick because to me, even at Evanison, I, I look at him, you know, like the post office. He, he He's one of them type of people you got to go through to get your stamp. You know what I mean? You know, you go to the stamp, you go to the post office to get your stamp. You got to go through him, you know, in order to be considered, you know, a top level guy, you know, and a lot of these guys, they can't, you know, get over the hump when it comes to him. But I also like you fellas choices um, as far as, as Ugas. Um, He's somebody I think that when you look at the world's weight division, you kind of overlook him. You know what I mean? Like you think about the more glamorous names, the Spence, you know, the Garcias, the Pacquiao's, the, you know, Crawford, Porter, you know what I mean? So you, you think about all of those guys before his name comes up. And so he can be considered to be overlooked. And then when you think about the pound for pound champions, or I shouldn't say pound for pound champions, but the undisputed champions, a lot of times you would overlook Josh Taylor. So I think those are three solid choices. Yeah, I do like that, uh, David Avenese. And, and, and he's the type of fighter that, you know, your, your, your guy, any guy that you might pick coming up, I mean, if he ain't ready, one of them prospects, I mean, Avenese will, will probably pick him off. <laughs> He'll be there to pick him off. He he's not going to, you know, come halfway. So. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Ugas, yeah, Ugas just, you know, yeah, of course, you know, as a boxing fan, I'm like, I want to see Crawford, you know, Spence. But Ugas is a guy who's capable of, you know, he's one of those spoilers that he could probably beat them both, you know. I wouldn't count them out. It's like you can't go into Ugas' fight and not be prepared. And and, and if either Crawford or Spence uh, are not prepared when they step in the ring with Ugas, it could be a long night for them. Mm-hmm. Moving right along, we have uh, our next topic. Um, this one gets interesting. You know, we, we saw a few of them this year. And this one, you know, I had to really think about it. And I'm talking about the, the 2001 boxing upset of the year. Uh, what do you guys have for that pick? First of all, I'm going to give my honorable mention before I go into my main ones. So for honorable mention, I'm going to go George Camboso Jr. versus Teofimo Lopez Jr. Um, I think that this could easily be the upset of the year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys had them. I looked at some other lists, and they had it for the for the upset of the year. And I get it because of the magnitude of the belts. But in terms of the quality of opposition, I don't think that they – if you take the belts away, I don't think that they were that far apart going into it. Um, now, another honorable mention that I will have is going to be Sandor Martin versus Mikey Garcia. Another one that I think could easily be on a lot of people's lists. Um, but I thought that for my pick, the stakes were a little bit higher. And my pick was Mauricio Lara versus Josh Warrington. Now, um, I believe he was a step-in opponent. And Josh Warrington was running through that division. And he was expected to unify with another champion. And you have this young guy, Mauricio Lara, who... Is also on ESPN's 25 under 25 list, who goes into his hometown and ruins that for him. Uh, he beat him. Nobody saw it coming. 
And I thought that because of the stakes and because of, you know, what we thought was the difference in the caliber of opposition going into it, that was my pick. That was a good pick. And that actually was on my honorable mention. I had that one. Um, and also had uh, Sandra Martin versus Mikey Garcia. Cause that was a hard one to, to predict happening also. That was very, very hard. And I have Kiko Martinez versus uh, Kid Galliad. Um, and also Ugas Pacquiao. Um, even though uh, I, didn't, I didn't look at that as like some like really big upset or even really I looked at that as, as, as like a, you know, a 55-45 fight or something of that nature. But just the, the impact of it is why I looked at that as being, you know, one of my honorable mentions. But my upset of the year was, you know, it was uh, George Cambosa, his victory over Tiafimo Lopez. I thought that was, you know, classy. A lot of people didn't pick him to win. You know, he was being picked to get, you know, picked off pretty much by Tiafimo Lopez. And Lopez pretty much, uh, and, and even though a lot of that had to do with Lopez's mind state and what he did, Camposa, he made it clear that, you know, in that fight that he wasn't just there to get picked off and he did what he had to do. I mean, he could have easily succumbed to Lopez once Lopez started getting warmed up, I think around the 10th round and knocked him down. But, you know, he really won that fight. He closed that deal in the last two rounds. I thought that was, you know, for a, a person that wasn't favored to win the fight, I thought that was a very class move, move by him. So my pick is uh, George Camposa, his win over Tiafimo Lopez. Yeah, I thought this this year, man, like when just putting these this information together for the categories, revisiting some of the fights that took place this past year, I thought that this was a pretty um, good year in boxing, although, you know, we kind of gripe and complain about certain matchups not taking place. But in terms of the upset of the year, I looked at some of the fights that you guys mentioned recently, the Kid Galahad, Kiko Martinez fight. Um, that was one that caught my eye, you know, didn't expect Kid Galahad to get, you know, beat up like that. But at the same time, it just wasn't, to, Kid Galahad to me just wasn't really one of those, you know, top level champions. In my eyes, no disrespect to him. Um, I thought that the Warrington fight, obviously, if you're just going based on odds, that was the biggest upset of the year because it was a 33 to one, um, he was a 33 to one favorite against Laura. So just based on that, but me personally, I thought that Warrington, I didn't necessarily know if it would be somebody like Laura, but I thought that he was there to be got by someone, you know, a volume punch or at some point, somebody would clip him, you know, the lack of power that he has. And then also you going through like the COVID situation, not being able to train properly. And, you know, somebody who's just like a, like I said, volume puncher, you know, that could catch up to you at some point. Um, so I didn't think, I thought it surprised me now, don't get me wrong, but it just, it was some something in there to me that was thinking that at some point Warrington was going to get upset by somebody. Now, one of you mentioned that the Cambosas and Teo fight, Teo was a 10 to one favorite in that one. But I thought that if Teo wasn't taking Cambosas as serious as he should, if he was having any kind of effects from having COVID, if he was having trouble making weight, um, the fact that Cambosas was gonna give it everything that he had because he's just a tough son of a gun. I thought that Teo was gonna win, but I still thought that Cambosas had a shot. Now, 
when it came to the Mikey Garcia and Sander Martin fight and Sander Martin outboxing out and outclassing uh, Mikey Garcia, I ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way. Ain't no way in the world I thought that that was going to happen because of the fact that not only that was Mikey Garcia at one point considered one of the top best pound for pound fighters in the world, but also Sander Martin, he had lost to Anthony. Can you dig it? Dig it. You know, so I just, it was no way in the world that I thought that that was the realm of possibility that he will lose to Sander Martin. But boy, was I wrong. So for me, my upset of the year has to go to the Sander Martin, the beating, the outclassing of Mikey Garcia. You guys have anything else before we go into our next category? No, I would just say that I probably would have went the same way if it wasn't for it, like if the titles weren't at stake, you know what I mean? But I, I definitely agree. You know what I mean? Like nobody saw that coming. It was, yeah, based on the caliber and what, what they had done coming into it. Yeah, it was a very massive performance by Martin. Ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next category is going to be who was that young fighter that showcased his skills this year that I wouldn't necessarily say that you had no idea about, but they just jumped on the scene this year. So our next category is who was the 2021 prospect of the year? My prospect of the year for 2021 is the lightweight division, but not fighting each other. So they're all still prospects because they, they still haven't fought each other. And that's my pick for 2021 prospect of the year. My guy is consistent, consistent and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, my 2021 prospect of the year, and this may be a little bit premature, but just based on what I saw a couple of weeks ago, it has to be that young fella who's four and zero with three KOs, Keyshawn Davis. I like what I saw um, the other week. He just could could be on here for knockout a year with the body shot that he delivered. Man, just the perfect liver shot, the timing, the accuracy, the speed. You know, he just looks like a kid who's sharp right now. And I think like within the next two three years that. And if he stays humble, hungry, and disciplined, you know, and sets, you know, reachable goals, then I think he's going to be the next big thing. So for me right now, I got to go with the young man out of Norfolk, Keyshawn Davis. No, five, seven, you know what it is. No, but so for me, I have a runner-up, a very close runner-up, and then I'll give mine. The runner-up, I would, I have Xander Zayas, um, young fella, 19-0, 12-0 with nine knockouts. Turn pro in 2019. He had six fights this year. Uh, he won four by by uh, TKO, two by unanimous decision. And, you know, it looks like they're going to try to fast track this guy as busy as he's been. But um, he's looked good in every fight. And he could have easily have been my prospect of the year. But I'm giving it – my eye test has given this guy the advantage. This guy turned pro in 2019 as well. He is 22 years old, 11-0 with 11 knockouts. He fought four times this year, all won all of them by knockout. Um, and that's the young fella, Jerry Anderson. And, you know, they say that he gave Tyson Fury some, some issues in sparring. That's what the rumor says. And, you know, I think in terms of who has the highest ceiling at their respective division, 
Um, I think he is primed to potentially become the next great American heavyweight. So I'm going to go with, with Jerry Anderson. Anybody else have anything? Yeah, that was a good piss. It made me, re- you know, I can rethink my question because I, I, was, I was very bitter about, you know, the language division. You were looking at it. it yeah, but look at that. Uh, I do like Keyshawn Davis. I think he's very, very talented. And he's, you know, um, I, I don't know if it's COVID or just the, he's having an advantage of fighting on, on television and really putting himself out there at a, at a uh, very young time, in, in, you know, in his career. Normally guys don't have like four fights near on television. Normally it's a little more than that, but he's rising to the, he's risen to the occasion, has done very well. And I, I think the same way about uh, David Morrell, where, uh, and it, that, that's why kind of this question was hard because I want I, I had this sense like where how many fights uh do these guys have because David Morrell doesn't have that many fights um but he isn't highly uh as regarded as someone like uh, Edgar Berlinga you know even though I think he's equally as as dangerous in his own way it's just that he's just a little bit more time just, just uh maybe a year or two um so a lot of these prospects and then you have the guys that are coming out of the prospect uh who's in this well i probably would have you know they would have been running but i, I consider them more so moving into that contender status and they want those big fights um so yeah they, those are some good picks some good picks uh, only thing i'm gonna say is, is, is to me is gonna be what you define as a prospect right because those guys like a uh, boots ennis i think that they are a draft or two class above being considered a prospect. You know, Blue Sentence is on the verge of fighting somebody like a Spence or a Crawford or Ortiz and, and people like that. That's far beyond a prospect to me. You know, it's somebody, to me, I look at it that, you know, you just see the potential in them, right? You know, and I, I gave a definition last year as far as like a contender is somebody who's already ranked. And then to me, a prospect is somebody who's on the cusp of being ranked, or you can see them down the road, either being ranked high, becoming a champion, be, have the, has the potential to possibly be like a pound for pound. Now, when it comes to Keyshawn, Keyshawn is just in a situation where he's going to have to go against a lot of monsters. So when it comes to that, just bumping shoulders with them, then we'll see how far it goes. But that poise that he has, man, it's just he has certain wrinkles in this game that a lot of guys don't have who have been in the game much longer. So that's the reason why I chose him. I think that your choice is good, Danny. I just don't know his size. You know what I mean? Like his size may play a factor eventually when he's going against some of those huge guys at heavyweight. Not for nothing, Keyshawn won a whole silver medal this year too. Oh yeah, it's a bad boy, man. And he looks big for that weight too. Yeah, much props to him. Props I mean, to Jerry Anderson, Anderson too, man. I, I, I do be impressed every time I see him. He got a good you know, jab and foundation and how he fights. All right, fellas, we threw a new one in there this year uh, for robbery of the year, robbery of the year for 2021. Uh, what do you guys think of that one? All right, so me, for me, when it comes to this category, the robbery took place on September 10th, 2021, on a Friday in Tucson, Arizona. Coming into the fight, you had Oscar Valdez, first and foremost, the young man tested positive for a banned substance, but was still allowed to fight. I think it was Fetermine that they caught in his system. To me, they should have let his opponent, Robeson Conceicao, he should have had the opportunity to face somebody else 
for his belt because he tested positive for that banned substance. Then as you get into the fight on that, that day when the 211 was committed, Conceicao, he was unfairly targeted by the referee. The referee at one point while he was up to help to me in my eyes to get Valdez back into the fight, he unfairly took a point away it was like the first warning for a playful tap that he did behind the head of Valdez. I also thought during this fight that the commentators were extremely biased. When you look at the punch stats, he landed 143 punches to, no, it was 141 punches to Valdez's 83. And he still lost on one of the cards, 117 to 111. The man was never knocked down never seriously hurt. So how could you even possibly have a, a car that was 117, 111? Now, to me, also in this fight, he definitely won the first five rounds. I don't think that whoever was watching this fight, you know, anybody, Stevie Wonder, you know what I mean? If he was watching this, Ray Charles, they would have gave the man the first five rounds. But on Andre Wards and Timothy Bradley, not their cards, but what they said was in one of those rounds, it was the third round, I believe, they said between, in between the rounds, they were replaying parts of round three. And they said, oh, I got to give Valdez round three because he landed one punch. And Conceicao was touching them up and making them look foolish throughout the whole round. So to me, those guys were being extremely biased. They had Valdez up 67 to 66 after round seven, which was virtually impossible because the man won the first five rounds. So to me, without a shadow of a doubt, the robbery of the year happened on September 10, 2021 in the Oscar Valdez versus Robson Casacial fight. You know what? Going into this topic, I was just thinking about you know, the fights themselves, but, you know, when you think about, you know, everything that built all that build up, like you said, with him testing positive and which everybody knew and I'm still allowing him to fight. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of fighters don't get that same energy when they test positive, you know, like straight up. And yeah, I, I do remember when you brought it up, I remember the ref kind of, it, he had everything stacked against him. The only way he was getting out of that fight was, a knockout. That was the only way Conceicao was going to get that win. And so, you know what? I'm glad you went for it because I agree with you. Yeah, I can see that one on there. But for Robert Year, I picked it. I picked uh, Gabriel Mastery, uh, his victory over Miguel, Mikael Fox uh, at super middleweight. Uh, I thought Fox did enough to win. He knocked Mastery down. He, he hurt him. Uh, and I thought it was a bogus uh, scorecard, I believe it was like 118 and 110 or something like that, or 117 and 111, something like that, where I thought it was way, way, way too wide in favor of Gabriel Mastre. And I thought Mikhail Fox did enough to win. I think they were trying to market Mastre as, 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 you know, the, the uh, up and coming prospect. He only had like, that was his fourth fight. He was like 3 and 0. And I guess they were trying to make him into another uh, David Morrell. Uh, and it kind of it, it, and Fox pretty much show why why sometimes it's not the best thing. You, need, you still need to, you know, have those particular fights where you struggle a little bit, or have those fights where you know you 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 
build up gradually in your competition and not jump too, you know, too fast. And that was a, a, a lesson of why that, why that is, you know, so hopefully those guys rematch and, and, the, and whatever happens, I hope the, the, whoever is the right man, I hope the right man wins in the next fight. Anything else got you guys want to share? I ain't gonna lie, Playboy, you got me on that one. I don't even know who those dudes are. But like I say, uh, with you fellas, it's, it's, I appreciate, you know, the work that we do together because like I say now, I think that you fellas are much bigger fight fans than I am because I'm gonna tell you the two categories that, well, the category that I found the most challenging was prospect of the year because I don't really be having time to watch those, you know, guys who aren't top level dudes you know what i mean not that i don't have time i'm not saying that i'm better than anybody else i'm just saying like to sit up there and watch them i end up doing something else because i just don't see i don't have time to be trying to figure out who's the good fighter you know what i mean I, if if they are already established then i'm more than likely to watch those fights you follow what i'm saying and so when you just mentioned this this is something that i may need to jot down to even take a look at to know who those fellas are, you know, and then also if they do have a rematch to be looking, you know, to take a look at that. I just know during that Valdez can say Seattle fight, you know, it's just all of that nonsense that took place that night. And then you couple that with the WBC, WBC, you know, the shenanigans that they pull from time to time, you know, it's just, had me fed up you know and i'm tired of seeing the wbc they love to monkey around in an orderly fashion if you will you know what i mean but they just do you know crazy stuff all of the time and it just to me culminated on that day september 10 2021 but you know I, i'll make a point to take a look at those fellas and i'll get the information from you because i can't even remember those dudes names at this point yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta. Well, I had to go back, and I, I think a lot of the, yeah, a lot of these topics were challenging. I think the mo one of the most challenging ones I had was uh, round of the year because I had to. I mean, I, it's easy for me to really think about fight of the year, but round of the year I had to really go into fights and really look, relook, and rewatch certain things that happened and why I liked or didn't like whatever happened. But yeah, you know, sometimes you know. You're sitting at home on Friday nights, and while you're watching these main cars, there's always them, you know, some of the fights before. I'm like, eh, I don't feel like watching this, but I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this tells a good story. And I think that fight between Fox and Mestre, that was one of those fights where, you know, it was just happened to be on. And I'm like, you're you watching it, and you're like, hmm. And you have an opinion about it, and you're like, oh, well. <laughs> but, you know, looking at hindsight, yeah, it was just, it looked like a bogus decision yeah and I remember the outrage about the you know the Valdez Casasio you know saga you know and, and everything that was happening in that fight um yeah and, you know that's a that's a a pretty solid pick too yes if you don't mind I just want to say a couple of things you know this is kind of off topic but kind of on topic but when we talk about guys who previously this has always been the case in when it comes to the sport of boxing man like you have guys who kind of have guys numbers you know what I mean? Going back to the amateurs, then when they go to pro, but some people are just, they get better than the other guy, right? And then it's just, they're just too much and they can just take take out that opponent who gave them trouble in the amateurs or give them, gave them trouble in the Olympics. For instance, you had um, 
Mike Tyson, when he came up, it was a couple of guys that he lost to in the amateurs or one or two in particular. He just annihilated those dudes because he just became too good. But then you always have the other end of that stick too. Remember Vernon Forrest used to give um, Shane Mosley just all type of trouble in the amateurs. You had De La Hoya and um, Mosley. Like they always just had that little rivalry and it just went into the pros where De La Hoya just couldn't get over the hump against Mosley. And that's what Conceicao and Valdez because Conceicao ended up winning that gold medal and he defeated Valdez and Valdez always still had that anger about not being able to win that gold medal or being able to medal because Conceicao beat him. And you would think when they come to the pros as accomplished as Valdez is that he, by now he should be able to defeat somebody like Conceicao who doesn't have the same type of achievements or who haven't uh, accomplished some similar things at all, you know, so you'll think that he'll be able to defeat them, but they still, for some reason, it's just certain rhythms or body rhythms that they have that they just give that guy a world of trouble. And that's going to be interesting to see if we ever see Terrence Crawford against Yudanis Ugas, because I think Ugas beat him twice in the amateur. So that's going to be an interesting um, thing to take a look at moving forward. Mm -hmm. Okay, for our, our next topic, uh, this is a topic that I like, you know, uh, it, it makes me have to think about, you know, because I, I love the, the, you know, story about the underdogs and, and you know, people you count out. And then I like the best thing. One of the things I love the most about the sport of boxing is to be proven wrong for people to come back and, and beat the odds. So our next topic um, is the, uh, the comeback of the year award. Um, what are you guys thoughts on that? And who do you think, you know, took home this, this crown? So for me, um, this one was pretty easy for me because um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this guy. Um, he last lost by knockout in 2019, had a long layoff in 2020, came back at age 39 this year in April for a world championship fight, and he knocked out the then champion, Nordin Ubali, and then he just fought a, a week ago a week or two ago, and he beat Raymar Gabayo. I'm talking about the Filipino flash, Nonito Donaire. Um, I don't know what you guys talk about, you know, what you guys think about when you think of comeback, but in a sense that, you know, this general sentiment after that Inoue fight was, this was a good last fight for this guy. He He's an older fighter. Um, it was 2019, and then, you know, he comes back after, a, a, you know, a layoff, you don't know what version of him you're going to see and you're seeing one of the best versions of him. And so, you know, with that, for me, it was pretty easy to give it to him. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I actually consider him for comeback of the year. And I also, it's interesting. I could, I also consider down there for unsung hero. He's just someone who, you know, you, he's, he's the type of person you never want to count out. You know, he, he get counted out a lot. I mean, even in the fight with, uh, Anui, even though he lost, he gave Anui, uh, you know, a pretty hard run, and a lot of people picked Anui to really pretty much end his career. Um, but I had this this one guy that I thought was just, you know, to me, it just it, it stood out because I mean, for what he was looked at before the fight happened, and then how he's looked at after the fight happened, and even going forward, he may still be not be favored to beat or even hold on to the title he won. I'm talking about. Uh, Kiko Martinez, 
uh, when he knocked out uh, Kid Gallyhead. You know, uh, Martinez, he has about 10 or 11 losses. He's looked as kind of like a, you know, an older fighter, an older pretty much kind of journeyman level or uh, gatekeeper level. Uh, and, and, and Kid Galliad was, was, was uh, chosen to pretty much, you know, stop him. He's one of the, it was one of those fights where Galliad was going to be showcased by stopping Kiko Martinez. And of course, Martinez, he, you know, he has some knockout losses to guys like Gary Russell Jr. Um, but he, he pretty much, you know, knocked Galliad cold, you know, pretty much knocked the face first. And I thought that was a, a very impressive win. Um, and I thought uh, it, it gives him that last run, that last you know couple paydays, and, and it made me you know a fan. He's knowing that guy when I see when I see his name, I'm like, okay, he's just somebody that you know the guy, other guy's gonna beat. But now I can't look at him like that. You know, he still has that power. He still show that he's still determined that he he wants to win. And if you if you sleep in here, he'll catch you. So my uh, pick for comeback of the year is Kiko Martinez. Shout out to old Kiko, you know. Kiko, when I when I checked him out in that fight um, with Galahad, it tripped me out because it's, it's another one of those ain't no way boy type situations because when <laughs> he just like an old 1950 Laverne and Shirley type dude, you know what I'm saying? But the thing was, was that Kiko, he was getting pummeled like the first two rounds. But as they say, the last thing to go is going to be that power. And he just was able to stay in there as long as he could. And he delivered, you know, not only one huge right hand, but two. I didn't go with Kiko, you know. And the reason why I didn't go with him is because I thought that he was more so just a candidate for upset of the year as opposed to a person who I would put as the comeback fighter of the year because I don't I didn't see like something else he did you know what I mean I'm not calling a one-hit wonder because he's done that in the past too but I'm just saying as far as this year is concerned he just did that one thing if he defended his title you know then I'll be like oh yeah yeah definitely comeback fighter of the year so that's the only reason but he's he's close I didn't go with Nonito because Nonito when he fought against a new way man, he, he went, he brought a new way to like a life and death scenario and on certain occasions in that fight that they had. So I didn't think that he was done just yet. I thought he still could be successful against somebody who just wasn't a new way. And so that's the only reason why I didn't select him, but I can see why you chose him though, Danny. Now, the guy that I gave it to, I might, you know, some people may think that I'm just, giving him a little bit too much love in 2021, but I was impressed, you know, with the Russian man, because it wasn't too long ago that he was just being judged as a journeyman. Like I said, after he lost to Kavalaskis, you know, he had, that was a second loss in like a 52 week span, you know, and then for him to take off two years and then he came back this year and then he burst the bubble of, of Josh Kelly in February at Wembley, you know, and then the manner in which he did it, you know, Kelly came out there, he was putting in that work, being very flamboyant, you know, doing what Kelly does, but he hung in there and he made life tough for him, you know, and took the young man out. And then he also beat another Brit. Now, 
I think the argument against Ebenezer would be the fact that he's taken out British level opposition. But these are like highly touted guys that the Brits, you know, think can really compete at the world level. And so, like I said, he's that he's the post office, man. You got to go through him to get that stamp. And like I said, I was hoping for him just in the future that he would have an opportunity to face guys like Michael McKinson or Connor Ben or even Virgil Ortiz, you know, because, again, he's, he's going to be a tough hombre to go through. But for me, just based on the fact that, you know, he was looked at as a journeyman, he took a couple of years off, got things back together. And now he's on a two-fight win streak, and he burst a bubble of two of UK's up-and-comers. I have to go with David Avenese. All right, so the next category we got, we're looking at 2021 round of the year. What were you, what were you fellas' choices? Yeah, this this topic was pretty difficult because I had to really go back and, and really rewatch some fights. Um, a few honorable mentions. I think the one that was fresh in my mind because it just happened, I think it was like round eight against uh, Amanda Serrano versus Marianne Gutierrez, where uh, if you haven't watched this fight, Serrano was basically giving it to Gutierrez and Gutierrez started to turn, uh, I believe she turned southpaw. And, and, and it, 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 for some reason, it just starts to affect Serrano where Gutierrez was able to catch, you know, get some shots in. And it looked like it, that uh, Gutierrez is going to get stopped in the beginning of the round, but just doing that one adjustment, it pretty much evened up her up in the fight. Uh, and, and, and she it, it kind of pulled her through until she pretty much switched back to orthodox and continued to take a beating. So that was a good good round. And then uh, Cambosas versus Lopez round 10, I thought was a, a pretty good round where um, Lopez is pretty much outworking. I mean, Cambosas is pretty much outworking Lopez and Lopez just happened to just come back into the fight and, and drop Cambosis with the right hand. But even when Cambosis got up, you know, he he, he still, you know, refused. To, he, was, he was stubborn. He could have just, like I said, forget it right there. But just his demeanor in that fight, that's that's how he ended up in the, you know, 11th round and, and, and won that fight. Uh, my round of year, uh, this fight happened earlier. And somebody told me to watch this fight. I actually didn't pay attention to this fight until someone said, you need to change the channel and watch this fight right now. So I, I looked at this fight and then I rewatched it uh, some time after. After, and I'm talking about the cruiserweight fight between Afetobor. Um, I can't pronounce his name right, so I messed it up. Afetobor, Apochi, and Brandon Glanton. It was a, a a cruiserweight fight that took place earlier this year. It was a ten round fight um, where uh, Glanton won a, a 10 round split decision, but he also scored a knock knockdown in the sixth, sixth round, um, which I think Apoche, I thought was pretty much stopped. If that, if that round, if this that wasn't the end of the round, and it was like maybe, um, I say, I think that was round, I think that was round eight. Um, yeah, it was round eight. And if that wasn't the end of the round, it was 10 more seconds, I think Apoche would have been stopped. But if you haven't seen this fight, that round in particular was the round where they were just going at it. I mean, they went at the whole fight. But this round just stuck out to me because that Glanton pretty much stopped the poachy on you know, pretty much stopped him standing up and, and he was saved by the bell, you know. So it's a good fight. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And, and that round particularly sticks out, uh, sticks out to me because of the reasons I stated. Again, my man, man, you you telling me something, some news that um, 
I can use because I, I have no idea who those guys are. But shout out to you for, you know, being that true boxing fan, man. You know, you going and you looking, you digging through the crates when it comes to these fights. And, you know, you're a true observer of the sport. You know what I mean? That's commendable. For me, when I look at round of the year, it's a toss up between two fights, man. These were action packed fights. Uh, they could have been candidates for fight of the year, you know? So the first one for me would be that junior five versus um, Joseph Parker. Um, any round that you want to choose with that one or the John Riel Casamayero fight versus uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux. Those were awesome action packed fights. I am lying my tail off because those were horrible fights. If you haven't seen them, please don't. Now for me, round of the year, I was about to play you crazy. <laughs> you said junior five. I was like, hold on. <laughs> but for me, you know, to be all in, in all honesty, is a fight that really could be looked at as fight of the year. You know, it was a nonstop action fight between two undefeated bantamweight champions. You had Stephen Fulton Jr., schoolboy, if you will, and then you had the heartbreaker, um, Brandon Figueroa, and. It's a lot of rounds that you could have selected, but for me, I think the most memorable would have been round six, the sixth frame, because in that round, both guys were just going at it. Now, you can look at like round 11, 12, I think Fulton won those rounds, but this round here, round six, I don't know who you give the round to, because like I say, it was so memorable because each fighter, they landed nothing. I mean, nothing but power shots. Uh, Figueroa, he outlanded Fulton, I want to say 36 to 34, but to me, in a fight that was all action, that had to be the best round, and that was also the best round of the year. That was a good one, for sure. And again, shout out to you, Vel, because, um, you know, you put me on, and you probably put a lot of folks on, too, that's listening. Um, as for me, um, the one that I had was and that Trilogy fight with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Uh, you could go a lot. Of, you could go a few of those rounds for round of the year too. I chose round four in particular because uh, Fury won a clear round two, and Fury knocked Wilder down in round three. And Wilder was on on steady legs, and you thought it was gonna be it was gonna be over with. And then in round four, Wilder comes back and connects with not one but two massive right hands and drops Fury twice. Now, a lot of fighters don't get up from one wilder right hand, but Fury got up from two in the same round. And it was still an action-packed round. And so um, so I'll I, I go with that one. You guys have anything else? No, nah, that's uh -huh. a good pick, too. <laughs> I thought about that round, folks. Oh. Hey, I... What's up, Phil? Oh, I'm sorry, what's up, Will? No, that's an excellent pick. Only thing I'm going to say is this, man. I think, Bill, answer me this question. Like, when it comes to music, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that you're a guy, you don't really like the most popular songs on the CD. Like you, you like the one who listens to, like, the song for you is something that nobody really talks about. You know what I mean? Like, you dig through the CD to find that song that's more specific to you. And that's probably your favorite song on an album, as opposed to being somebody who, you know how somebody had like that popular hit that's being played on the radio. You don't really yeah. too much like that song. Yeah, that, that's, I can say that's accurate. Like I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Wu-Tang guy. So, and you know, a lot of times they have their songs that they put out that people just happen to like. 
But then they, they, when you listen to, like, for example, one of my favorite albums is Only Built for You, Cumin Links. And when you listen to that album, like one of the best tracks on there that I like was Rainy Days. And I always thought that should have been a single. It, you know, it had a trippy beat and, and an interesting mood to it. Uh, so, yeah, when I listen to, especially when it's hip hop albums, but even all albums, I listen to, when I listen to, I listen, I look at it in terms of like a full picture, like a movie, you know, and how they fit together. So, so, cause I like to play albums all the through. So yeah, that, I can say that's accurate. Your time is running out. It's for real though. I like that incarcerated scarf faces, but you know, when it comes to that woo, but I'm like that when it comes to music, but I, I'm not like that when it comes to boxing. You know what I mean? I'm the total opposite. You know, like if, if these guys aren't like a Tyson Fury of the, Canelo, you know, Spence, Crawford, you know what I mean? Like that's what, I, and I might just so happen to check and do it on that undercard and I might be like, oh, okay, yeah, be on the lookout for him. But that'd be somebody I just so happen to take a look at, you know what I mean? You just mentioned so many, like four or five fighters that I had no idea who they were, let alone to be able to make a list like this. So again, shout out to you for that um, knowledge that you bestowing on us today. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of times I, I don't even know who these fights are. It's just like I just happen to be, you know, why sometimes they're on the other card. I'm just watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is a good one. Or like with the cruiserweight fight, you know, that I mentioned around the year, someone actually was, was telling me, like, hey man, you Mr. Boxing fan, why don't you watch this fight? It's by the year and it's on, it's happening right now. And it was like in round six. So yeah, I had to actually, you know, turn it on and go back. And I was like, Oh, this is a good one. This is an interesting fight. So, hey, no. I'll even shout him out. Shout out to Nick Bartley, man. He, he put me on that, man. I mean, I, I wasn't paying attention to that fight until he says something. So, salute to Nick, man. Nick is a, a, a follower of our, our YouTube station. You know, he's a true boxing fan. The only thing else I'm going to say is this, and I know we want to make sure that we get this episode, you know, where it, it doesn't last too long, you know, but it's some points that I, I think that need to be made. And, you know, we just having a little dialogue. The only other thing that I was going to say is this, is that some of those fight guards, to me personally, they're just so long. You know what I mean? Like, and, and shout out to the zone for when they have those fights in the UK where you can actually have the rest of your day to do something. Like, some of those fights, they take so long to get to, and then the main event is happening damn near at 1 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, man, I don't know if you got to go to church the next day or something like that. You're going to be, you know, napping. You know, when, when the pastor is trying to give his sermon, you know what I mean? If, if you try to take a look at some of these fights, you know, so, you know, for me personally, I like to try to just pick and choose what it, what it is that I can watch. And that's no excuse, you know, why I don't know some of these guys. But again, man, you know, hats off to you, sir. Mm -hmm. All right, fellas, we starting to get into the meat of these topics. Um, next up, we have event of the year. What y'all got? For me, the event of the year, you know, you had me personally i think that you have to go with the trilogy you have to go with the tyson fury versus deontay wilder and the reason why i'm going with that one is because okay let's look at this card right you had tyson fury versus deontay wilder that was their third fight for the wbc and lineal heavyweight titles that's already huge then on top of that you had the effie ajaba versus frank sanchez heavyweight matchup that's also another outstanding fight then you had the Robert Helenas versus Adam Kanalki rematch. That's also a headline worthy. So again, this is the, to me was the night of the main events, but then you also factor in on that card, you had Jared Anderson, you had Edgar Berlinga on that card. You had Julian Williams on that card. 
And so for me, I have to go with the Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder three as my fight card event of the year. Man, if we was getting paid for this episode, Will, I would give you some of my check because this, this is the second one that you had that I had too. And you know what I mean? I, I had it for that, for that exact reason. It's like from top to bottom. Anytime you have a, a, a pay-per-view event where you tune in for the for the non-televised part, you know what I mean? Like the just the ESPN part, not the part you got to pay for. That's how you know you got a good card. And so, um, so yeah, easily the event of the year for me. Yeah, it's, it's 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 no way around it. It's it's three for three. It's my pick is that the the Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder three. That whole car, as y'all stated, top to bottom, it, it was just. If I was Mister Emotional, watching that car, I would have a tear coming down my eye to see. It'd be like Martin Luther King watching PBC and Top Rank work together to see Lennox Lewis commentate a fight with Andre Ward with you know Tim Bradley and uh. Sean Porter, you know, you know, giving interviews, it was just something incredible. And it showed like what boxing could be if they actually, if, if, if they just worked together and came together and just put all that, that unnecessary, you know, money hungry, you know, stuff to bed and just say, Hey, look, we want to do better for the sport of boxing. And I saw, we saw a glimpse of how big it could be, you know? So yeah, that's my pick too. Awesome. Uh, Ely, I want to share that one. I mean, it's, 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 it was a monster. No, I think we're good. I think we, we it's unanimous, you know, across the board. So we can move on to the next. Okay. Our, our next topic is, is one that, you know, I'm pretty sure most casual fans will probably tune in just to, just to see what, what we picked for this, just so they can go on YouTube and, and, and watch it. I mean, this, this is actually why a lot of people get into the sport, man. They, they, they want to see knockouts, you know? So, um, our next award is for the knockout of the year. Uh, what do you guys see that, that that you thought was like, man, that that got it? You know what I'm saying? Wh- which fight you think is knockout of the year for 2021? So my honorable mention, I, I definitely thought that, that that Gabe Rosado fight when he knocked out uh, Betdemir Melikuziev, that's definitely a, a contender right there. And um, another one honorable mention was Oscar Valdez knocking out Burchell. That was a tough one, too. Now, what I personally gave because of, first of all, heavyweight punches just hurt more. So, and typically they have a, a more daunting effect on the body. And the way this guy knocked out the other guy and spun my guy around in the process, I gave it to FAA Jabba, where he knocked out Brian Howard back in April. Um, it was just a, he just timed it perfectly. It was that one hit of quitter and my guy spun on the way to the ground. So it's like, man, that those are special. Those was like, it, what was that? What was that video game? It was like, it wasn't like fight night, but it was one of those ones where it was like, it was boxing video game, but it was like, I can't think of it, but it, it was one of those special effect knockouts to me. So Mike, Mike Tyson punch out. It was, it was after that, like knockout Kings or something like that. It was something, yeah. It was it was after that. I, I can't think of it, but but yeah, it was uh, it was one of them. It was one of those ones. Hey, no, no, this to, to Mike Tyson punch out because I still got that Nintendo game. I still play it to this day. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what's up. Yeah, I just thought that's a good one because that was like a cartoon knockout. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of my honorable mentions. Um, also had um, 
as much as I, I, I it pains me to, to say it, I had Jake Paul knock over uh, Tyrone Woodley as one of my honorable mentions. Uh, if that was an actual like two boxers doing it, I probably would have had that one in there. But because of you know, it's basically an exhibition, you know. But it was you know, it was a it was a highlight reel ESPN knockout for real. Um, but my knockout of the year was uh, when Tyson Fury knocked out Deontay Wilder in the third fight, and I say it for significance. It was a lot riding on this, um, and pretty much Wilder was. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's a weird. It's a weird fight where Wilder pretty much wanted to get knocked out. That's how he wanted to end it, and he and then went out the way he wanted to. This is this is the fight that he wanted to happen in the second fight, and he finally got it. And it didn't come without you know his successes, where you know he did knock out, he did knock down a Fury twice, I believe, in the fourth round. Um, but when that end came in the eleventh, it was just like you could see it coming, but you you just like when is it going to come, you know? And and when, when I when I was watching it, I thought maybe he was just going to stop him in the corner or something like that, and then and the ref would just step in there. But I mean, the ref pretty much let Fury do what he wanted to do, and, and that shot pretty much twisted Wilder around, and, and and Wilder went down. But to Wilder's credit, you know, you can you could look on it, and, and this is what I can't stand about when people have these highlight knockouts, uh, or when they show this that you know to to say, hey, this guy got knocked out. They never show what the other guy's doing after that. And, and sometimes they are trying to at least trying to get up. And, and in this case, Wilder was, you can see him trying to rise to his feet and, and, and try to get out. He was, you could tell it in his mind, it was, it was telling him to get up, but his body wasn't complying. And I think that's very commendable. And that's just as commendable as when you see guys, as the guys that knocked them out, you know? So that was my pick for knockout of the year. All right, so for me, it was a lot of good action this year, man. Like I say, you know, we, we complain a lot, we gripe a lot. But action for action, this was one of those years that had a lot of devastating knockouts. And so you guys mentioned a few of them, the job of Brian Howard. I remember them showing that on ESPN. And it was like, man, that dude just, you know, he, he clocked him. You know, we, we was uh, smoking on that Brian Howard pack for a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? And so also you got to factor in, uh, you mentioned the Gabe Rosado, the way he took back the bully to school you know he was he did the kick martinez you know he hung in there he was taking some punishment i think he even went down i know he was definitely hurt but he waited for that perfect opportunity to land that punch and boom that definitely could be considered knockout of the year you know what i mean shout out the gate you had the brandon lee samuel tia fight you know that devastating knockout you know we we're smoking on that tia pack for a couple of weeks you know that was early this school this early this this um this this year um, then also keep in mind, you had the Jose Cepeda KO of Josue Vargas. That was an awesome display. Now, I didn't consider that like one of the top knockouts. It was definitely one of the top punches to put his opponent on the ground and put him in trouble in order to secure the knockout. But he kind of like threw a combination of shots, but Vargas was out of there. You know what I mean? So that could be considered as well. You got to think about the how the year started. Ryan Garcia's body shot against Luke Campbell. I'm talking about, mwah, you know what I mean? Perfect punch, you know, to the liver. And my main man, you know, Luke couldn't get up. What about Caleb Smith against Lennon Castillo? Oh, my God. I thought Castillo, you know, you know, may, may, may he be well, you know, wherever it is, wherever he is right now, 
because it didn't look so good for him once he was just stretched out. Ambulance came and got him, legs shaking. That really could and should be knockout of the year because you can't do much more damage to someone inside the ring. And then I didn't even mention the Anthony Durrell shot that he punched. I think his glove scraped the ground when he came up with that uppercut that put his opponent, Marcos Hernandez, out in November. And now we got the dog back in contention for a title you know, shot. So shout out to him. That could be considered knockout of the year. And then you mentioned that Jake Paul. You know, he just winded up like an old uh, pitcher in the major leagues. And he socked my man, man, Willie. Some people still smoking on that Willie pack. I'm not, you know, because again, like you said, Vail, those guys aren't really boxers. And, you know, I don't think that you can be top KO of the year. And if you're not really, truly a full-fledged fighter. Now, for me, the knockout of the year, I had to go with the Valdez versus Burchelt fight. You know, the only reason why it's a little cloud over it is because later Valdez tested positive for a banned substance, but he put on such a wonderful display in that fight, being the underdog. And then also on top of that, no one expected that climatic ending in the way it went, he went about doing it. Valdez connected with a counter left hook from H-E-L-L to drop the overly aggressive Burchelt, you know, at the end, I want to say that was round 10. And so it was just perfect timing, just the way he was moving and he moved Burchelt into that shot, tapped him on the chin, lights out, game over. So for me, I had to go with the Oscar Valdez versus Miguel Burchelt as the KO of the year for 2021. You guys have anything else before we move into our last few topics? I don't, but I got like five minutes tops. This is a... All right, so let me go ahead and go. What's, what's the next topic? Uh, fight. Fight of the year and then it's fighter of the year. All right, so for 2021, who do you have as for fight of the year? Yeah, fight of the year was, was pretty difficult also. Uh, we had a lot of great fights. We had, you know, of course, um, the one I was talking about, Poche versus Glanton. Um, then we had a Fulton Figueroa, which I thought was a was an excellent fight for what it meant. Um, and a lot of, that, that fight actually doesn't get enough mention because it wasn't like this drag down, knock down fight. But I, what we saw was two guys at the top of their game, you know, and we saw a lot of skill and a lot of action. I mean, it, it had everything you wanted, undefeated guys coming up who didn't have to fight each other. And I thought even them, yeah, yeah, they should be, you know, uns- they could have been, a, you know, an unsung heroes where they, where they actually, you know, uh, this is why, because they, they, they didn't have to put their, their, their uh, status on the line their titles on the line at that young age. But my fight for my pick for fight of the year was, of course, Wilder Fury three. You know, it, it was a heavyweight bout. It promised everything. It, 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 it exceeded my expectation to what I thought would happen. I mean, we saw everything. It, it was weird because we saw it was like a combination of the best parts of both of, of the, the first fight and the second fight. Uh, and it had the definitive ending to it. And it didn't come without, I mean, Many times uh, Wilder could have ended that fight quick and, it, and you, you could see it and you were like, wow. And, and it had me really on the edge of my seat and it had my heart pumping. Regardless of whether, it, you know, it, it was kind of sloppy at times, 
but just I, I judge it from my feeling and, and, and what I was feeling when I was watching the fight. And I, and I could tell you there was one of those fights where I was literally, literally on the edge of my seat, like what is going to happen next? So my pick for fight of the year is uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, the third fight. Yeah, for me, I, I don't even think it was close. Now, for me personally, I thought that uh, as far as action for 12 rounds, Figueroa and Fulton, you know, took it in that uh, capacity. But as far as the event, the magnitude, what was at stake, I had to go with Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder three. You know, just action. I wouldn't say action packed, but just how um, both guys had their moments, you know. So for me, 2021 fight of the year, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Same for me, fellas, but I did want to shout out um, for honorable mention, um, once again, Valdez and Burchell. Um, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor was a very good fight. And that Chocolatito versus Estrada, too. All, all of those could have been in there, but, yeah, just in terms of the magnitude and the way it ended, uh, it was a pretty easy favorite for me. Now, we're going to go into this last topic um, for, you know, the one that, for all the marbles, so to speak, uh, the fighter of the year. Um, what you guys got for that one? Is that on me? Okay. Yeah, so you. All right, very good. So for me, this year, the fighter of the year, I'm going to go ahead and, and just let you know my third place. I, I would give it to Josh Taylor because Josh Taylor um, became an undisputed champion at Junior Worlds to where he edged out um, the crowd favorite, Jose Ramirez, um, to get that belt, um, get those belts. And then also he submitted himself as a pound for pound uh, candidate with that victory. But, th but he also went one and oh. Um, last year. Then my second place is going to be Alex Alexander the Great Usyk when he defeated Joshua um, or Anthony Joshua. You know, the Southpaw Wizard, you know, he went to the history books, collected multiple belts in the second weight class. So for me, he's number two this year. But number one, I think that this is not even close, you know, just like by a wide margin because he defeated his mandatory Abney Yildrum. He defeated uh, Billy Joe Saunders to collect the WBO title. And then he also defeated Caleb Plant to become the undisputed champion at 168. So by far, by a mile, my fighter of the year is Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, I don't see how, you know, with respect to Usyk, because he did what a lot of people thought that he couldn't do, but no other elite fighter has been this active and has defeated as high a level of competition as Canelo this year. Um, and so for me, it was a pretty, when we started doing the notes, I had all the topics lined out and I was like, all right, let me get fight of the year. You know, let me get that out of the way real quick. Let me go ahead and put Canelo down for that. And then I started to think towards other ones. It was that easy. Yeah, this is a pretty easy one, man. I mean, Canelo, it's almost like it's in poetic justice, we ended the way we began. And, and, and I mean that because some of the reasons where Canelo won is it's the same reason why Reynosa won trainer of the year. You know, uh, Canelo was just more active on a high level. I mean, and, and those Callum Smith and Caleb Plant fights, they stick out because um, especially the Callum Smith fight, you know, there were fights that, that we probably picked Canelo win, but we thought it would be some trouble where he really might, he really just put it out and, and, and he, he did it on a high level. Um, now you have guys like Usyk, you know, who has a, it's, it's like a 
they had these great individual wins. And I think if Usyk would have had another win or two, he would have probably, you know, obtained that, that, that status. And even Josh Taylor, uh, Josh Taylor suffers because, which is interesting because his fights happened within a year frame, but it didn't all happen in the same year. So if he would have had uh, a few more fights that weren't defenses, you know, it, uh, this year against, you know, top competition, like, you know, it would, he probably would have been in that conversation. But when, when you look at it, there's Canelo and there's everybody else. And, and he delivered on what he promised, which was, you know, he was going to fight this many times a year and he was going to be active. And he, he did it, you know, I mean, how many times, it's not too many times where you have a fighter who was pop pop number one at the stage of his, his career fighting like four fights in, in within a year time frame. It's not, we, we probably haven't seen this since probably the nineties, you know, <laughs> since Roy Jones or something like that. So uh, props to Canelo. I mean, who you thought it was going to be Canelo for fight of the year, fighter of the year. Shout out to Canelo. You follow what I'm saying? You fellas have anything else, man? We, we, we wrapped everything up. We got all of the categories done. I think that we did an excellent job. Bell, you put people up on some fighters that they had probably had no idea about. So they got to do their research and get out there and check it out and see if you were actually accurate with what you said. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, we get, gained some information that we didn't know before. And Danny, as always, an outstanding job with your choices. Um, anything else you guys have before we wrap things up? No, man, just happy holidays to everybody listening. Happy holidays to you guys. And um, hope everybody was able in these weird times to spend time with family or people you love. You know what I mean? And everybody be safe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I likewise. Yeah, I think that that's the perfect way to end this one. You know, you all have a great, you know, holiday and then, you know, a successful and prosperous 2022. We out. Peace. Peace. Peace.